Welcome to the Noble Ape Podcast, Ape Reality. I'm Tom Barbelay, and today, well, thankfully, another podcast after a week of no podcasts. There are lots of components to doing Noble Ape, and one of them is the Noble Ape mail-out. But in addition to the mail-out coming out this week, and I may talk a little bit about that in further podcasts, in addition to the mail-out coming out this week, I recorded two interviews for biota.org interviews, which in many regards, and I've said this before, is the companion to this podcast. You hear me in this podcast talk about my experiences with Noble Ape and occasionally relatively generic topics of conversation like how to create your own A-Life simulation, a podcast that is by far the highest download of all the podcasts I've recorded to date. Somewhat juxtaposition to that is the biota.org interviews where I have the opportunity to interview artificial life developers. Today I'd like to talk about Collective Unconscious, which actually features in the Noble Ape manuals. Most of the thinking on Collective Unconscious came from a friend of mine, Alex Brooks, with a nickname Gurap, so he's regularly referred to online as Alex Gurap Brooks. Alex is an interesting character, and he's someone who I would like to interview for the Noble Ape podcast. I would like to go back and talk to people who had connections with Noble Ape at particular periods. It is actually extraordinarily difficult to find people who have had some connection with Noble Ape who are... I'd hate to say it, willing to talk, but it's certainly difficult to approach people and say, I would like you to talk about a section of time between 1996 and 1998 when you had some connection with me in the shed and this component of the Noble Ape development was going on. Because people live normal lives. Well, perhaps people who don't move internationally frequently live normal lives, but normal people live normal lives. Let's put that caveat on it. And my sense is to take someone's experiences from a particular snapshot in time is somewhat artificial. Uh, and I think people uh, have a, a naturally adverse reaction to say, OK, well, I'd like you to talk about this amount, this period of time, about this specific topic on this specific thing, because, you know, they've lived their life from that period. And that component was just something that they did now seven to ten years ago. But Alex Gurup Brooks is an interesting person because he... He has strong recollections about the period of time of the early Noble Ape development, similar to the recollections that I have. Uh, and I think it would be very useful just to have another voice in the, the Ape Reality podcasts. So here's one of half a dozen people that I hope to interview in the future about their own contributions and reflections on the, the Noble Ape development. You'll see on the simulation page, nobleape.com slash sim, there are, as I say, half a dozen people that have had some connection with the Noble Ape development through its 10-year-plus now. And these people reflections are as equally important to the project, I think, than my own reflections in some regard, because they've made formative contributions, or at least continuing contributions, to the Noble Ape development. Alex's particular interest was with regards to eclectic psychological models that explained in some sense, the linking of sense data, and here I return to Bertrand Russell, the idea that reality exists as piles of sticks, so to speak, and what we are constantly doing is passing these sticks into our mind. And because we're dealing all dealing with the same pile of sticks, basically, that we're picking up, some of the sticks are collected together, and this means that the actual collection process of absorbing information produces a, a group consciousness. 
which is removed from the individually sensory perceptions that one has versus the whole group. If you think of a computer board, for example, there are a number of chips in the computer board that are exchanging bits of information, and whilst they may have different perspectives on what's going on, their combined um, working together, so to speak, produces the computer and the information that is travelling around the computer as a kind of coherent whole. So this was Alex's idea of collective unconscious, and it was something that was very powerful to me, because here I was kind of simulating the apes in a, a simulated environment, and they were picking up sense data and then moving on, and I was thinking of them as isolated entities. Whereas working from some kind of mathematical first principles from Bertrand Russell, the idea that they were in fact one of a much larger system, and the collective consciousness that they were creating is what the simulation was actually about, this idea that the simulation wasn't just a set of isolated apes wandering through, it was in fact a social psychological simulation as well. And this I found very powerful because it removed me from my original thinking about what the simulation was about into someone else's view of what the simulation could be about. I think of this more than ever now that language is a component of the simulation and the active communication between the apes means that they can share elements of, of what they're observing to a point where they can form uh, opinions about things. And this is a very fascinating social phenomenon that perceptions of certain situations requires, on one sense, community, and in another sense, isolation, in order to give you a completely different perspective of what is going on. Ideas of ethnicity and being part of a community are very central to these kind of uh, components, particularly in situations of prejudice or observational situations, and the, the brown eyes, blue eyes experiment always comes back in my mind when I think about you know, how people observe particular situations and take from it what, what they will. But these ideas of being part of a community and uh, collective thinking and things of this nature are very powerful, and a simulation like Noble Ape enables these kind of ideas to play out in a, in a far stronger way. So as I've added language, I've come back to Alex's thinking in Collective Unconscious. An interesting footnote here, I've been listening to lectures as I go on my walks to and from work, and when you hear a passage of text, or when you read a passage of text, it's very difficult to work out where certain things occur in the text, or I certainly find it personally difficult. But as I listen to the audio as I'm walking, I can map the audio onto the particular locations where I hear the particular things, which means I know immediately where certain bits of text occurred in the recording of the lecture, or what have you based on the position that I'm at where, when I hear the particular audio. And I find it very powerful that this has, in fact, improved my logical sequence understanding purely by listening to audio as I walk. But anyway, I digress. I don't know who to credit with this work, but for the time being I will credit it to my good friend Alex Gurat Brooks. It has been included in the main manual, but I'm not sure where it should reside. It is here to attempt to describe what the collective unconscious is and how it fits into the noble ape simulation. The modifications of the theory from a spiritualist perspective to analytical philosophical realist perspective is one of my own creation. The collective unconscious, herein known as CU, describes a linking ether between all living creatures on the planet. The idea of the CU can be misconstrued as a spiritual duality argument of the soul, I will say that it is purely a linking in the perceptions of all. The CU is represented by Gurap as a series of peaks 
along a planar universe. Each peak coming from the flat plane represents an existing tapping into the collective unconscious. My description of the CU is a dimensional argument. I will argue that the collective unconscious is in fact a creation of existence in the macro universe and thus remove it from any spiritual metaphysical analysis for the time being. If we can imagine that what makes us in our own minds is the perception of the universe surrounding us, so what we do is grab a whole lot of information from a vast pile of total information. Now we can never take all the information available to every living creature on the planet. We can only take a minute fraction of that information. Those around us, those living creatures around us, will also take some of the same information though. It is these small links between the information we individually grasp about the universe and the information those around us grasp about the universe which forms the CU link in my mind. From here we can argue a time-space argument for example, I believe that time is purely defined in terms of our own personal perceptions. And from the previous paragraph, your own personal perceptions are in fact just a description of what you have taken from the information pile. One point in time is described by the information one has just taken, together with the information collected up until that point. It is possible for the same point in time to be reached by any individual through the information they have thus collected. Let us take the familiar X, Y, and Z and include T, which is a distance measured as well, but represents time through time times the speed of light. Just as a private note, this always seemed a remarkably large factor to multiply time by the speed of light in order to get distance. But here, just for convenience, we shall borrow this notion from relativistic physics. Now let us look at the information pile slightly differently. Rather than an information pile, let's think of these interactive things as moving particles or moving points. Now these particles are moving through a multi-dimensional universe, and when I describe them moving, I'm in fact describing a change in time. I will argue that it may be possible that their change parameters may occur in more dimensions than just time, or not even time. Things in our universe sometimes have a definite beginning and an end. I will argue that in our meta-universe, in the universe we are trying to create with this construction, there exist other variables which can nullify coordinates. This avoids arguments of continuity, i.e. stop-start parameter, and the ability for particles to disappear. A telephone rings and a telephone stops ringing. This can be constructed by a particle which can distort space and time in order to find a clear flight path. So how does this explain some principles in the noble ape simulation? Many early users wondered how noble apes learnt to swim. This was something which I tried to describe in terms of a dimensionality argument, which you may recall back in my email from Bo Daly, I described the four parameters, location, x, location, y, direction, facing, and sex. There are two other parameters, somewhat more complexing parameters. These are all other noble apes and unique creatures, fierce felines for example, and their four parameters, and the island. The dimensionality argument has become more complicated. Let A be the new noble ape information for each individual noble ape, i.e. location x, etc., and A dash be the old information. Let the island I be constructed for the whole application, and let O be the other individual creatures. A equals A dash mapped onto O mapped onto I. The information is expanded upon in the next chapter. 
but is fundamental to understanding how identity is constructed in the simulation. Thus, the notion of collective unconscious is considered as a non-mystical sense. It is important to note that collective unconscious is a byproduct created through this analysis, and not something which I have intentionally built into the simulation. I hope this is clear in my description. So, it's funny because I've read this passage um, leading up to this podcast, but the idea of a kind of collection of sticks which we pick up from and describe what we see in reality uh, is very powerful, and it's something which will, I hope, be shown to be a byproduct of the simulation. It is a fundamental emergent property, in fact. Thank you very much for tuning into this Noble Eight podcast. It's been slightly fractured. This is a multi-take podcast, actually. I had a fellow doing construction on the house come through halfway through the podcast, which may account for some disjointing. But thank you very much for tuning into this podcast, and look forward to you tuning into the next podcast. (laughs) 